Hi, my name is Amar. Uh, hi, my name is Zach, and welcome to the MSX podcast. It's a show about a broad range of topics in medicine, from education to exploring research and contemplating future directions for the field. In each episode, we speak with leaders in the field to learn from their insight and expertise. This week, we have Zane Quadra, a first-year medical student at Case Western University School of Medicine and a previous undergrad at Case Western, where he studied economics. Welcome, Zane. Yeah, thank you, Mar. Thank you, Zach, for having me. Uh, excited to talk about my journey and, you know, business and medicine and, you know, everything we'll talk about. Oh, yeah, that sounds great. Um, to, so just to start off for maybe some of the people in medicine that are kind of unfamiliar with business, could you just give some uh, light to your experience in finance, uh, maybe some of your internships or, you know, your degree in economics and, you know, how that's affected like your career in medicine? Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a big question. Cause like, I think there's, you know, so many different things that I've tried to like do in finance, um, you know, along with being pre-med that it has just, they've all kind of shaped my career. Um, but like, I'll touch on a couple. Um, so the first, the first one I would talk about is, um, you know, after my junior year in college, um, I took an internship with Morgan Stanley in New York. Um, it was like a trading internship where, um, you know, I like rotated on a few trading desks at the firm and, um, it was like completely unrelated to medicine. Uh, but like what, you know, like what I learned from, from that is just like a whole separate skill set of like more technical skills and another set of interests that I had. And even though it's like not, you know, like related to medicine, I, I feel like that's going to guide my career in like, um, a certain way, maybe push me more towards like an MBA or, you know, push me towards like seeing like the, you know, um, business slash innovation side of medicine. Um, and then that's a whole, you know, broad range of topics in and of itself. But um, it just really opened up my mindset and pretty much gave me like a real holistic, you know, uh, viewpoint on, you know, the field of medicine, because I think a lot of people, you know, traditionally think like you go to medical school and then you become, you know, a practicing clinician for, uh, you know, the rest of your career. And while it certainly is, you know, appropriate for, for many people and is like still the popular path, I think there are so many more, you know, routes that you can pursue after medical school, even after you practice as a clinician for some time. And it was the same thing with my economics major. Uh, you know, I studied economics here at Case Western. Um, and uh, it was definitely one of the best decisions I've actually ever made because, you know, as a, as like a pre-med, you know, you have like a defined set of of prerequisites. So you already know what you kind of need to complete, right? You have to do some basic biology, OCHEM, chemistry, physics, et cetera. And after that, your schedule is really up to you. Like you can major in economics or dance um, or, you know, whatever you want to study um, because you already know what pre prereqs you have to do. So I like really took that and I just ran with my interest in economics and I really was able to expand on that quite a bit. And it's the same thing with the internship I just mentioned. Like, I think it's going to help guide me um, to like find out different areas of medicine, which it already has um, and how like I can use my you know, medical degree to pursue other interests, you know, after I practice as a clinician for some time. Yeah. And so a lot of people talk about pursuing majors outside of STEM because it might give you like a different pattern of thought. Did you find that while like pursuing economics and how true do you like think that is? Yeah, I, I definitely did. I, I totally agree with that statement. Um, economics is unique because it's like it's a social science, but it can also be really quantitative. 
um, and like real, you know, problem solving uh, type skill set is, is what I learned from from that, you know, econ major. Um, so I think I think that statement is totally right. Like take like pursuing a field that's outside of the traditional um, like biology or chemistry that a lot of pre-meds might do is it can be super awesome if you're into it. And the same goes for something like computer science, you know, computer science is within STEM, but it gives you a whole different, you know, skill set than even economics. Like you're in, in comp sci, it's really like heavy, heavy problem solving, a lot of like quantitative mathematics as well. Um, my biggest advice for that, and, you know, after talking with some friends, you know, who are in my med school class as well, is you just want to pursue whatever you're interested in, because that's what's really going to show come time for medical school interviews. That's what's going to show, um, you know, when you are, you know, actually practicing the skills you've learned from, from what you've studied in college in your future career. Um, because if you're not interested, like if you really want to study biology, then, then do it. Like if that's what, if that's what you're passionate about, you should do it. It's just like, you shouldn't feel forced to do something. And I think that's something that I learned really quickly coming in as a freshman in college is, you know, I don't need to, you know, be a bio major to get into medical school. And I'm very grateful that, you know, I was able to, you know, pursue econ, as a degree and, and get that whole different skill set and way of thinking. I also know you had a super interesting economic paper that you did towards the end of your like time at Case Western and found a way to integrate econ and healthcare. Love to hear more about that. Yeah. Um, so for my senior capstone, which is like a, a research project at Case, um, for the for the economics department and the econ major, we had to pretty much you know, create, uh, you know, from scratch, a research project um, during the semester and do some data analysis using, you know, some statistical programming. Um, and what I looked into was, or I guess what I came into the class thinking is like, how do I combine, yeah, economics and my interest in healthcare policy and medicine and all that. Um, and quickly, I learned like, there's so much you can actually, you know, do and combine the two with. It's just, it's, it's awesome. Um, so what I ended up doing was studying how um, uh, pretty much uh, adverse healthcare outcomes uh, occur um, due to like lack of patient safety and like proper protocols in hospital settings. So I pretty much just did like an economic statistical analysis on, um, on that topic for uh, Medicare patients in New York City. And we saw some really, um, I guess, unfortunate um, findings, but, but they were, you know, statistically significant clinically significant. Um, and it opened my eyes to like the amount of opportunities, you know, there are out there to, you know, combine like kind of more of a quantitative mindset, whether it's math or econ, you know, with, um, with, you know, research, which is super important in medicine, pre-med medical school, and, um, certainly in residency as well. Yeah. I was kind of curious, um, about how those skills have transitioned into, your time in med school and how the, how you've applied them, you know, in your time right now. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we're only, I'm only a few months into med school, but it's, I've already been able to see like, um, see how it's like helped me. So I would say a couple of things like first, so at, um, you know, Case Western Reserve School of Medicine, we start off the curriculum with a um, kind of like a public health um, block, which lasts for, you know, four or five weeks. And it's really focused more so on like the social sciences uh, rather than like, you know, hard science that you would traditionally think of, of, you know, in a medical school setting. And I really saw, you know, my experiences in econ and just in, in business in general, 
um, helped me out a lot with this first block because I was able to talk about like public health issues, um, you know, and, you know, like poverty in America and, um, you know, even the COVID pandemic, like economics and the way of thinking that it provides really um, gave me a unique way to talk about these issues with, you know, my, my small group that I was in um, here at Case. So it's been awesome. It's, I've, it's really been a, like heavily applicable um, already just in the first few months. And I imagine it's going to, it's going to grow more. And I will say, just going back to the research point as well, studying something like econ or, or math, some, so, something a little more quantitative um, really will help out with, you know, the research that you do in medical school. So um, right now I'm getting a little, I'm getting my, like, I'm getting a little bit involved with some research projects uh, in med school. I haven't, you know, settled in on one yet, but I've really quickly noticed that like statistical programming, like knowing some Python or some Stata or some R is super helpful. And it makes you really valuable to um, clinical researchers who, who need medical students that have this, these type of like data analysis skills. And, you know, I, I was fortunate to learn it in undergrad with economics a little bit at least. And so that's been, that's been awesome to just kind of have a smoother transition with, you know, finding clinical research. Finance is super risk heavy, right? You're encouraged to like take risk early, uh, like seed stage investments don't even need financials. And then like in like finance, you're looking for like hot IPOs and like SPACs, right? And the saying for early careers is like, take risk while you're young. Com- common like thought would be, hey, Zane, are you now limiting the risk you could take early on? Because there's four years of medical school, there's seven years of residency or whatever, and then f- fellowship. Do you feel by like going to medical school, you're limiting the risk that you can take early on? Yeah, so I, I think going to medical school can definitely be perceived as, you know, as you're not taking, it, I think it can actually be looked at as you're both taking a risk and not taking a risk because you're, you're not taking a risk in the sense that you have a very set and defined path, right? You have four years of med school, you know, three to seven or 10 years of residency and fellowship training, um, you know, and then you're, you're kind of committed to like a very like stable job and, and all that. So it can be, it can be seen as like, you're not really taking a risk, but also like at the same time, I, someone could totally look at, you know, uh, someone going to medical school and say, um, you know, you just gave up a lot of like freedom in your, you know, early and mid twenties. To, to kind of do what you want and, uh, you know, maybe pursue, like go back and forth between different jobs and chest out, you know, test out the waters and all that. Um, but I, I, I think personally that medical school actually can give you a lot of flexibility. And here's why. <clears throat> when you're a medical student, there's plenty, which I found out really quickly, but there's plenty of opportunities for med students um, to do during the summer, during the school year, um, and just fields you know, in, in pretty much any field you can think of. So um, I just saw the other day that some hedge funds in Connecticut were actually looking for some MD students to, uh, to, to work for them over the summer and even during the school year if they wanted to take a year off. Uh, so that's an awesome opportunity that you could also, you know, get if you didn't go to medical school. Um, it would just be kind of a different role because you wouldn't be an MD student. But um, so that, that exists. McKinsey, Boston Consulting Group, they all have, programs for med students to take, you know, one, two years off after their third year and, you know, pursue a consulting 
you know, roll with them as an MD student. So opportunities for med students are actually really plentiful. And um, I see going to med school is really opening up a bunch of doors in your early 20s because, you know, no one's forcing you to, you know, graduate med school in four years. In fact, it's it's becoming much more common to take, you know, five or six years, you know, to to finish up with med school because people pursue opportunities like that that I just mentioned. Um, so for me, the way I look at it is, you know, getting, you know, getting your medical degree is, um, you know, opens up just plenty of doors, both during medical school and afterwards, obviously you're going to be busy. So, so, you know, you'll have to take some more time to complete the degree, but, uh, if if it's really something you want to do and you're interested in consulting or, you know, healthcare innovation or working at a hedge fund as a, as a, you know, healthcare, um, you know, analyst, those are, those are readily available. I was just curious as to like, uh, you know, when you found out that you were passionate about finance and like what you, what drove you to that, like any formative experiences that made you realize you wanted to pursue that? Definitely. And I would say it first came um, when I was, I just turned 18. I just downloaded Robinhood uh, for the first time. And I was like, you know, I, I didn't really know too much about stocks. I had like a general familiarity of all that, but I just found it fascinating how you can, you know, we use so many products every day that are publicly traded companies. And I found that fascinating of how, you know, you can invest in a company that you use. So like, I'm, you know, on this zoom call on a Mac right now, and I can go buy Apple stock and then like be invested in their success because I like their products. So when I downloaded Robinhood, when I was 18 years old, that's kind of what really like got me fascinated with this all. Um, and I would say I've always been really interested in politics um, and economics as well. And I felt that like finance slash trading really is the best way to actually combine all those things because, you know, political factors influence the markets um, and, and certainly economic factors influence the markets. And for me, it was just like a whole personal interest. I was like, wow, this is awesome. Like I can combine all my, you know, major interests um, not to sound too much like a nerd, but I can combine all my major interests into, into this one thing. And, and that's what really got me, you know, excited about finance. Uh, it's just, it's just kind of how, how like broad it was and, and how you could tailor it to fit what you want to, you know, do in, in finance. So that's what really got me into it. Um, why I stayed in it, I would say is, is for partly the same reason, but also because I, you know, found a really awesome community um, of people like, you know, Amar, who, who I was able to meet and, um, and then other Case Western undergrad students who, um, you know, we would just talk about, you know, stocks with and, and what we were doing in our own trading accounts. And that really, you know, that really was awesome for me, because once you form a community and something you really like, you, you tend to stick with it, I think. And um, that's what happened to me. I actually love to talk about one of the communities that you actually helped build which is a uh, Hesiod. Yeah. Right? So I'd love to talk more about, like, I'd love to learn more about your experience creating a community of Hesiod, watching it grow and be the gigantic conglomerate of schools and students that it is today. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Hesiod was, uh, it's a student run investment fund. That's its own company. So it's a separate LLC. It's not actually associated with any school. Um, but it's an investment fund that I, you know, co-found along with, you know, a few of my peers at Case Western and then a, a couple people at Princeton. Um, and what 
what we did was, you know, we started this just because we were interested in finance, like I just was, you know, mentioning previously. And we just wanted to have this community where we could, you know, trade with our, you know, friends and our peers and classmates and also like learn a lot um, by teaching each other. So that was the motivation for starting Hesiod. Um, and it, it, it was by far one of the greatest decisions I've ever made. And fortunate, I was fortunate to have really a really good president in, in, in my friend, Victor, who, who really led the fund um, and, and really took it to the next level. But, you know, we started out just teaching each other about finance and talking with each other, almost like if you would think of like a traditional like discord server where you just, you know, talk with your friends or your own community about, about stuff. Um, and that's how it started. We ended up, you know, really doing, doing awesome initially. And we expanded to, you know, college campuses around, around the country and, you know, in California, um, in Chicago, uh, New York, et cetera. And this was kind of groundbreaking for me because it not, it now allowed me to have this community of people like across the country who I've become very, very close with. And I've never even met before in person. We operate virtually. Um, and it's, it's, I say it's groundbreaking just because, you know, you, you're able to, you know, meet so many cool people and train a lot of, you know, freshmen and sophomores uh, who have this passion that you, you know, you had one time when, you know, you were younger and, and it's just really cool to see, like, give back down to the younger people and then watch them grow and give back, you know, to their, you know, to their underclassmen then. So the community that Amar and Amar was part of it. So Amar knows, Amar knows a good amount of it as well, but um, it was definitely one, one of the better things I've, I've ever done. And uh, it's still active now. So anyone watching this can actually, their college student can actually go apply to Hesiod when applications are open. It's a great experience. There's some awesome people in, in, the, in the fund. And, you know, aside from Hesiod, another piece of advice would just be to find your own communities and do something similar, uh, whether it's for medicine or finance, because these things, once you really start them with a group of people, they're much more you know, doable and um, feasible. Zane, I don't know if you know this, but you created a monster. You were the person that like first put me onto LinkedIn, I remember. Uh, and so I, I'd love to talk more about the importance of networking on your life and maybe share like a story of a, like one of the more impactful experiences you've had. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's it's, it's funny to hear that I I created a monster because I know I know Amar is just a king of LinkedIn now. So <laughs> I, know. I I forgot about I forgot about that that I was the one who showed you it. But yeah, now I can't say enough positive things about about networking, and I try and tell it to my sister who's now in college and and all you know the underclassmen that I that I talk to, um, just because. Networking has, is how I found about so many opportunities. And I don't think, especially in the field of medicine, especially in medicine, it's utilized enough. People, I think, in, in medicine think that networking is only done for business students. And it's totally incorrect. Sure, it might be more prevalent and pre prevalent there, but I've I've gotten shadowing opportunities at you know cardiothoracic surgeons at the Cleveland Clinic by messaging them on LinkedIn. I've made some really good friends by messaging them on LinkedIn and found some awesome mentors on LinkedIn that I still talk to now going on four years. Um, and it's just, it's just so important to have a LinkedIn, like on a very practical, you know, note, like have a LinkedIn, keep it up to date and reach out to people who you are interested in. Like, for example, if you know that you want to, you want to do some biotech research at a big pharma company, for example, 
and that company might be let's just say like i don't know merc or something then then go go to linkedin make sure it's updated and then reach out to people who work at merc who are also medical students or who just recently graduated from medical school there you go you have your connection you've developed you know hopefully a mentor and you know you can sustain that relationship for a long period of time and maybe they'll give you a job or maybe they'll just teach you but it's so important and to get a little more specific to what amar you know asked I, I would say like my uh, big networking story um, that I, I'll never forget is um, at the end of my sophomore year in college at Case, uh, we had like this thing called the Wall Street Trek, which took a group of like 15 um, business students uh, to New York City to network with firms on Wall Street, like Morgan Stanley, you know, Citibank, et cetera. And it we, we met with some of the, you know, the managing directors at these firms and really high up executives. And I will, I will never forget it. Like sitting on the, you know, the, the like 30th floor of, of Morgan Stanley, right next to the, right next to like all the executive offices and talking with, with some really high up people. Like it, it allowed me to make good connections with them. Like I, there, some of them are still my mentors now. So that was awesome. But it just gave me this, like, this like thrill of like, wow, like when you really put your mind to networking and, treat it as something where you can make really meaningful connections and friends, you can achieve awesome things. I would have never thought in a million years, I'd be sitting, you know, at, at Morgan Stanley in Manhattan, uh, just talking with some really top people. And it was so cool. I'll never forget it. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, you, you still reach out to them after months or years and you make some really good friends in the long term. So really network everyone who's watching this and who's a, who's a student or, um, you know, maybe was in my position, at least I can, you know, really vouch for that. And regarding like the topic of mentorship, I was curious, like what you think are good qualities of, you know, being a mentee, you know, you see someone in a position that you'd want to be yourself, like what, uh, what do you think you should do, you know, when you're in that position to be a good mentee? Yeah. So that would, I mean, part of that, like I would answer part of that by, by going back to link to the LinkedIn thing as well, or just like networking in general, like you want to, like I said, with the Merck example, you want to look for people that are in roles that you have um, or that you want, I should say. Uh, A great piece of advice I heard was make your ideal resume like three or four years out. Like, what do you want your resume to look like in four years? Make that resume. And then in four years, see what your resume looks like and how close you got to it. So I did that and I had like, I didn't, you know, I had like, I want to be some, do something at a bank for a summer. And, um, that allowed that like kind of, you know, to answer questions, Zach, that allowed me to find mentors that really were specific towards me, because if I knew what I wanted to do, you know, a few years out, then I knew who to like kind of reach out to. I feel like without that, for me, at least it was, it was tough to like reach out to people. Cause I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted, you know? Um, but a big piece of advice I would say is when you're a student, and this goes at any level, reaching out to upperclassmen, people, you know, one, two, three years older than you is key. Um, it was key for me, you know, being kind of like, um, or, or getting through like undergrad, like these people, you know, they helped me through like tough times and, and through good times too. Like the, it, it was so important to have upperclassmen mentors. Uh, and that that is like more you know, just finding people through clubs and stuff uh, or, or really however you want to interact with them. But I wasn't super picky because the honest truth is you, can, you don't really know what anyone has to offer until you know them. And that's, you know, something that I, 
that I learned real quick is, is you just have to talk to people and get to know people. And eventually you'll find out who's going to be a good mentor for you. And you'll find out who's just going to be maybe a good friend and, um, you know, doesn't like, won't have much to like, you know, offer you in terms of mentorship, but can still be an awesome friend. So just getting to know, know a bunch of people was huge for me in undergrad and um, in med school as well, because you really don't know what anyone has to offer until, um, until you know them. Well, thank you, Zane, so much for uh, those pieces of advice. And now I think I'm going to make that four-year resume. Yes. Yeah. I'll put like associate at Sequoia or something really up. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Do it. Manifest it. Thanks so much for joining us, Zane. We really appreciate your time. Uh, and thanks so much for listening to the MSX podcast. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it, guys. I really, really enjoyed talking.